our theme verse for the next several weeks is Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. Two years ago, Pastor Robert Verbat from Santa Cruz came on January, first Sunday in January, and he preached from this passage of Scripture. When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, See it here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So I want you to say something with me. The kingdom of God does not come by observation. The kingdom of God comes by participation. does not come by observation. It comes by participation. So when, when uh, Pastor Robert preached on that two years ago, man, I was jazzed. I, I was so excited about that understanding and how God was working that in us. Well, now I look back two years later, and I want to tell you as the church, first of all, as God further activates us in the kingdom of God, that I'm really proud and pleased with what he's done in this place. We've done uh, a few outreaches in the neighborhood. We've, we've done uh, some uh, Easter thing and a fall thing, and, and we've done some uh, ministry in the parks, and, uh, and some, uh, there's Sidewalk Sunday School going on now with Dominic, very cool, some things, so just outreach and th- ways that we are being ignited that the kingdom of God would flow through us, out of us, into the earth. The Bible tells you that the earth is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed into the earth. That means the earth around you, those people around you that are made out of dirt, their life is groaning for an expression of the kingdom of God. And you've been put there to be that expression. Mary was talking to me this morning, if I can share a little bit of what Mary shared with me, that at work, she just went in and she said, all right, 7 a.m., prayer in my office, whoever will come. And she went around to people who don't know Jesus, invite them to prayer, and they showed up. You know why they showed up? The earth is groaning. They need something from God, and they know they need something from God. And they said, well, I don't know how to pray. And she goes, that's all right, I know how to pray, just show up. And now Mary has a captive audience of folks who are groaning for the presence of the Lord. And she's being able at 7 o'clock in the morning on Monday morning to have time to let the kingdom of God be expressed in the lives of these individuals that show up, they they don't know God, they don't know how to pray, but they'll come to prayer. We got believers that won't come to prayer. It's wonderful. But the kingdom of God does not come by you observing. One, one, of, the, one of the big uh, stumblings, I believe, of, of the modern day church, particularly charismatic, Pentecostal, spirit-filled, whatever evangelical folks, whatever, uh, whatever persuasion you find yourself and your background from, one of the things that we've done in the last generation is we've sat around and waited for God to do something. Well, all the time he's been looking at us going, I wish you'd do something. Give me something 
to attach to, to invest in, to pour out in. We're like, well, if I go out on the limb, he'll go out there with you. So we started talking about this last week. Thank you. Nobody wants a preacher with a pasty mouth. So I want us to look at this week, in light of that, at Matthew chapter 20. And I want to thank you, Brandy, for obeying the Lord as she gave prophetic expression to the heart of God. I'm not, I'm not leaving you in hidden places anymore. The Lord says, I, I don't want you as a people of God in hidden places anymore. I want you to be expressed in the earth. I want you to stop waiting until you think you have it all together to do something for the kingdom. And if I'd have waited till I, when I first started pastoring, I was green as they come. If I'd have waited till I had it all together, those poor people, what I put them through. While I was learning to navigate the pastoral assignment. Because Bible college doesn't prepare you for the real world. Any more than college prepares you for the real, no, no other kind of college prepares you for the real world. You learn a bunch of theory, and then you have to go out there and realize that most of those theories don't work. It's a good idea, but it's not a God idea. You know, it's just theory. And you get a hands-on, and circumstances change. And so we don't wait until we have it all together and then, and then decide that we're going to do something for God. We decide we're going to do something for God, and we let Him form us and shape us and mold us and prepare us and, and help us. He told the, the uh, disciples, go and tell, go and do, go and heal. No steps, just go do. I'm going to say that over and over again because I really want that to get in our spirit. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 25, uh, Jesus called him to himself and he says, the rulers of the Gentiles, Lord, he's talking about their authority, Lord their authority over those who are uh, great they exercise their authority over them. When they have authority, in other words, those, those, those rulers, when they have authority, they hold it over their head. Ooh, look at me, I'm in charge. Look at me, I, I, you have to do what I say. You ever, you ever had one of those employers? You have to do what I say. I'm like, no, I don't. I was passive aggressive, so I'd smile and say yes, and then I'd go do what I wanted to do. That's a sin too, by the way. <laughs> I had to get delivered from that. That's ugly. That's, that's worse than just lying straight up. Oh, well, at least I'm talking about me. So Jesus said the Gentiles who have authority, when they exercise their authority, they lord, lord it over others. Yet among you as believers, it shall not be so. I'm giving you authority, but you're not going to take that authority and lord it over anybody. What are you going to do with that authority? He says, whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. The way that the kingdom of God is activated in the life of the believer is through service. Through serving. It's too long in the Western church that, that we have 
uh, sat in the pews and waited to be served. In fact, I got weary of, of saying, let's go to, you know, we used to say service time, church service. Because that feeds our understanding with a misunderstanding. The Bible says that we're joints that supply. We're the body of Christ. And so many folks go to church for what they get out of it. And, they, and they're not getting, I'm, I'm not going to go to this church anymore. I'm not getting fed. I'm going to go over here to this one. Feed somebody. At some point, you ought to be able to feed yourself. I felt honored today, I guess. So the challenge from the kingdom of God, Jesus said that if you want to be great in the kingdom, be a servant. Find a place to serve. That's what he's saying here. Saying, so when I give you authority, don't take that authority and load it, lord it over others and say, look at me, I'm in charge. Take that authority and out of that authority, find a place of service. A place to put your hand to a need. A place to put your hand to the life of someone else. A place to put your hand to encouraging and strengthening and building up. That's how the kingdom of God is released. It's actually quite simple. We get very intimidated by the idea of praying for somebody who's sick or, or sharing the gospel. And in reality, what it is is that we're supposed to develop a relationship and serve those people and love them in the name of Jesus. And then just when, when uh, the opportunity comes to give expression to those things, it's very natural because we're in a relationship. Serving. Serving. So he said, whoever desires to be the greatest among you let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Well, that doesn't sound too joyful, does it? Whoever, whoever desires to be great among you, let him be that guy who says, is there anything I could do for you? How can I help? That's probably the, the greatest revelation in Christian jargon that ever, uh, ever came about. How can I help? That's a whole lot better than, well, let me tell you what the Bible says about your situation. No, 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 that's wonderful. While you're helping to share what the Bible says about your situation, but the Bible calls us to, to be great in the kingdom. He says to us, let him be your servant. And he says, just as, by example, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve, to give his life every one of you every one of us when we became followers of jesus it became our assignment to give our life oh no i didn't know that's what i was signing on for no, most of the time we don't. We're so excited about, about receiving Jesus and about eternity with God and, and all, of, all of those wonderful things that come with that great covenant that we're in. But the reality of it is the moment that we step into God, we step into serving. The moment we step into a relationship with Jesus, we step into serving. Felicia was sharing one time that she um, invited some ladies to church and she was telling them, they were asking what church you go to. And uh, she told them, and they said, well, that's not one of those churches you have to be involved, is it? 
We want one of those churches where we can just show up, be served, go home. But to be great in the kingdom, we must have a heart to serve. We must, we must take our example, Jesus, who came to give everything to bring us into relationship with him. Amen? So that's what this, this release of the kingdom of God, the earth is groaning around you. Uh, the kingdom of God is not going to come and flow through you by observation. The kingdom of God is going to flow through you by simple participation. And I, I can't do things in a complicated way. I, I'm entirely too simple. Uh, my thought processes are much more simple than all of that. Nothing about God to me is complicated. There's some folks, there's some theologians who make things about God so complicated. And I love all that stuff. I love to look into it and I love to take apart all the deep things of God and unpack all of those, those scriptures. And, 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 go, and I love to assimilate that and participate in that. But when it comes down to walking with Jesus, it's just, hey, you and me, God, come on, let's go. Let's get this house busy about loving people. Let's, let's just serve our brothers and sisters, let's serve one another and let's serve our community. Let's serve our partner churches. Let's serve our overseas brothers and sisters in other nations. Let's just find places and ways to serve. So, Jesus said, the Gentiles lord over uh, others their authority. It's not supposed to be that way among you. It is not to be so among you. When you have authority, you're supposed to find a way to turn that authority into service. So this is what I believe. I, 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 first of all, I want to be great in the kingdom because I want, I want when, when I was born in 1961, now you all know how old I am, and uh, when, when, when they put that year that I depart the earth in that little dash right there in the middle, I want that to mean something. Whatever took place between 1961 and the day that I leave this earth, I want it to matter. I want it to mean something. I want to be great in the kingdom. I want God to be satisfied with what took place in that space of time. That's the only space of time he gave me in the earth. There's no second time around. And so this is what I believe. Uh, if, if you want to be great, you must, you must serve. All believers, all believers should be planted in a local church. You can't serve the body of Christ from your recliner with your clicker watching TBN. Or praise the Lord or God TV. It's all wonderful. I'm not throwing stones at those folks. I love them. I'm glad they're preaching the gospel. And, and uh, it's delight, delightful to hear the word preached. But the scripture says that the church, we're to be connected. We're to be joints that supply. And so God's called us. All believers should be connected to a local church. All believers should have an area of service. Every single believer should be able to say, this is where I serve. Now, that may be a guy who, who, um, who is uh, retired and, and who maybe even is facing his declining years, but he says, you know what, I, I, every time they have a work day, I'm showing up at church and I'm just going to participate there. Or I'm going to participate in children's ministry. I'm going to serve the next generation. Or I'm going to serve 
uh, as an usher or a greeter or, or someone who welcomes folks to church or I'm, I'm going to serve in youth ministry or, in, you know, what evangelism and all these things that we're doing. Everyone should be able to point to their place of service. This is how I serve the body of Christ. And then every individual should be able to identify in their own life and point to, in addition to serving, and I'm going to explain to you why I make the distinction between the two, their area of ministry, the thing that, that draws out the gifts out of their life. Now, those things may very well overlap. They may very well overlap. But serving, the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it with everything that is in you. Give your best. Whatever, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with excellence. Well, how many understand sometimes your hand will find things to do that you don't really want to do? How many of y'all want to go home and transfer the laundry? How many of y'all need to go home and transfer the laundry? Right? So there's a big difference between what, what you want to do and what you need to do and, and what, uh, what may be an area of service but may not particularly be an area of ministry. It just may be that there's some things that need to be done. And that's not particularly ministry. That's just, uh, that's just finding a place to be of service. But then that place of ministry that God has designed for you where the gifts and the callings of God are deposited within you and you are called to give expression to what God has done in you, how he has set you free, what he has done, what your story, your testimony of how God has changed your life and give expression to that in the life of someone else. And we ought to all be able to point to what our ministry is. And I'm going to explain something to you because ministry is different than assignment. Right now, I happen to officially be the, the pastor at Church of Living Water. That's my title. But how many understand that the day may come that someone else is the pastor of Church of Living Water because I just get too old to shuffle up to the pulpit. But do you know that no matter what, whether that title comes or goes, I will always pastor people I'm connected to because there will always be out of my life the gift and the spirit of encouragement. My father was a pastor of only one church in his lifetime, and the rest of the time he served other pastors and other leaders as, as one of their elders or one of their leaders. He was extremely pastoral. He was constantly encouraging the body of Christ. No church is successful if the only one who pastors in that church is the senior pastor. That church cannot be successful until the body of Christ becomes the, the expression of the ministry. Until you are the expression of this ministry, this ministry cannot ever fulfill its purpose in the earth. And so title and assignment is very different than ministry. Ministry should take place and pour out of our life that ability to encourage one another in the things of God must pour out of our life long before title ever arrives. There are some folks, I've met them, who, need, who just need title. It's just their, their framework and their personality. They need title. And I'm, I'm of the mind that if you need title, you're probably not qualified to have one. 
if I, if I have to have a title to function, if, if title gives me purpose, I'm immature. But purpose might propel me to a time and a season where I carry a title. But for me, I don't really care. Don't need title, just need to obey God. Don't need title, just need to give expression to the kingdom of God in the earth. How many understand that you should evangelize whether or not you're an evangelist? You should give expression to the word of God even if you're not a teacher or a preacher. You must be able to tell people that Jesus loves them and that he died for them and that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Even if you're not going to do three points and a close on the subject. Give expression to the kingdom of God that is in you. The way that you give, I hope that this is practical. The way that you give expression to the kingdom of God is not by running up to someone and telling them that you want to prophesy to them. That is an expression of the kingdom of God. And if God gives you a word to deliver to someone, be obedient and find a way to deliver that in a non-threatening, non-judgmental fashion, please. I'm tired of mad Christians. Don't be those guys. Let's be joyful ones. Deliver that word, bring that, bring that expression from the kingdom to them. And it, but, but the kingdom of God is expressed through serving one another, through service. Ministry is best expressed through service. That's why Jesus said, here he is, the son of God, God incarnate. He said, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. If you've, if you've heard the Father, you've heard me. If, if you've talked to the Father, you've talked to me. Everything about the Father is, is, is frameworked in me, and you can't see me and not see the Father. Here he is, the very expression of God in the earth. And he says, I didn't come to set up a throne and make a name for myself and incorporate my ministry and start my... I, I didn't come to, to, build my, to build my kingdom in that sense. I didn't come to sit up on the physical throne at this point in time. That'll, that all has its time and its place. I came to serve. The enemy, Satan, when he, in, in the temptation of Jesus, missed that. It just, it just, he just, it blew by him so quickly. He's like, look, if you'll bow down and worship me, look at all these kingdoms here. I'll give them all to you if you'll bow down and worship me. And Jesus is thinking, if I just serve the people the way God sent me to serve the people, I get all that anyway. I don't, I don't need you to help me get there. I just need to serve. When you look in Scripture and you see Jesus washing the feet of the disciples, they're like, no, you ain't washing my feet. And he says, if you don't let me wash your feet, you don't have any part. If you don't let me serve you. Now listen, there's times to be serving and there's times to be served. How many understand that if, if you're serving, that means there's someone there being served. 
So you have seasons in your life. There's times when, when folks are going through great difficulty and, and it would just be ridiculous to ask them to serve in, in some capacity that they're just in a season where they need us to serve them. Those are the folks we're looking for to serve. But boy, when we get them strengthened and we get them through that season and we get them over that hump and through that challenge, then the time comes for them to serve. And this is the great challenge in the, in the hearts of people is that we get ourselves to the place that we don't just become the served and that we become people of service so that the kingdom of God can, can be given expression. The kingdom of God, the, the earth is groaning for you to be expressed in all simplicity and beauty, the glory of the Father that is set upon your life, that is just given expression by loving somebody nearby. By seeking a way to serve. I'm going to tell you something. The, the, the most forgotten servant in the life of the church, I can say this because I've been doing this many, many years. It ain't the pastor. I'm up here every Sunday morning just about and then when I go to the door, there's always, there's always someone who says that spoke to me. That's great for my life. But when children's ministry is dismissed and my children come running to me, I don't have the opportunity to go to that teacher and say, thank you for speaking into the life of my child. This is one of the most forgotten places, one of the loneliest places ministry is, is, is children's ministry for those teachers who've served for year after year after year. And they need you as parents to be joints of supply. And when you go get your kids, make sure you say something, express appreciation. They're serving so your child will know Jesus. They're serving so the gifts of God will be deposited in the next generation. And so we serve one another. And they're serving, and some of them have been serving for years and years and years and years and years. And if we don't say thank you, nobody ever says thank you, but, but he does. He appreciates and honors them. But we must be careful. I don't know why I said that. Maybe teachers need encouragement today. Maybe one of them needs your strength. So when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he said, you've got to let me serve you as an example of what you need to go and do. That's what he said to them. If I wash your feet, then you ought to wash one another's feet. If I serve you in this lowly fashion, it was unheard of that a rabbi would wash the feet of his followers. Are you kidding me? But yet here he kneels down, he begins to wash their feet, and he says, this is how I want you to treat one another. That's what he said to them in that passage. I'm going to do this for you, and I expect you to do this for one another. When I was growing up, we actually had foot washings. We actually did that. We just, let's all get together and wash each other's feet. Boy, that'd be joyful. But it's not part of our culture uh, anymore. You know, in the, in the days when they walked everywhere and their feet got dirty, there was a lot of foot washing that went on. And so they were using out example, uh, that example out of their culture. Well, there's many examples in our culture of ways to serve one another. We don't, we don't have to use a wash tub, but there's ways to serve within the framework of our culture. You know someone in your life right now that a word of encouragement and a box of donuts would just go a long ways to encourage them. Somebody said amen to those donuts, didn't they? Show up with a cup of coffee and an apple fritter when they least expect it. Dear Lord, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
but they are there and they need a word of encouragement from you. And that word of encouragement may be the difference between them pressing on or not. It may be that moment in their life where they're saying, oh God, nobody knows me and nobody cares what I'm going through and it doesn't matter uh, to anybody around me. And then you show up and say, I was just thinking about you, so I brought you this Starbucks and this cake pop. That's what Starbucks sells, cake pop. I brought you this treat and this cup of coffee. I just wanted to let you know that I'm thinking about you. Did you know that is, that is the basic expression of the kingdom of God? That's, that's long before, let me tell you that Jesus loves you. Let me show you love and then tell you that that love comes out of me because of him. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? There's people in your life right now, you all could probably make a list of the people around you that simple steps for you to encourage them would completely change their perspective. Find those people. And then when you tell them that you love them or that you were just thinking about them, you, you want to say it this way, I was thinking about you and, and, and when I was thinking about you, it made me aware that the Lord is thinking about you. Well, now isn't that easy? So I just wanted you to know that he loves you and that I love you. Here, have a pizza. Right? I, I want to, listen, I, I, can, I can take you and I can disciple you and I can talk to you about all the theological foundations of the word of God and, and how much uh, you can learn from the word of God and you need to do that and you need to learn those things. But I've got to put into your heart the simple tools that give expression to the kingdom of God on a day-to-day -day basis in your life. You want to see miracles? Love somebody. Show concern and care. The miracles will come out of it. You'll have opportunity to say, let me believe God with you about that situation. And then they'll come a week later and they'll say, oh my God, you know what happened? And you'll hear testimonies of how your faithfulness produced an expression of the kingdom of God. And then when they come running, oh my God, look what happened. That's your opportunity to say that's because Jesus loves you. You know, the apostles, whenever good things happen and people begin to bow down and worship them and acknowledge them and, and uh, speak their name, they immediately said, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me help you with something. That was Jesus. That's our example. Let me love you until I get your attention. And then let me tell you that that love comes from Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. So Jesus said, when he washed the disciples' feet, I'm going to do this for you, and then I want you to do this for one another. And then in Luke chapter 19, Jesus gave expression to uh, his assignment. Verse 10, he said, The Son of Man just comes to seek and to save that which was lost. What if you decided, what if I decided that, that, our, um, that our vision statement, our mission statement for our life, my mission statement is just seek and save that which is lost? Well, that's not complicated. But if that became the driving force behind who some of us are, that we determined that like Jesus, our, the reason we've been put on this earth is just to seek out lost people and point them to Jesus. Seeking to save that which was lost. Just serve. 
the lost until they're the found. Just serve the broken until they're the whole. Just serve the sad until they're the joyful. Serve the lonely until they are full of relationships with believers who will strengthen and encourage them. Serve the elderly. Oh, I have such a thing in my heart for those in this house that serve the elderly because the elderly who don't know Jesus are very, very close to eternity. Now, none of us have the, problem of to, the, the promise of tomorrow, but, but those who are 90 years old and, and have not yet met Jesus, there's something there that needs to take place. It's urgent. So I have great affirmation for those who, who find ways to serve the elderly and to share Jesus with them. It just touches my heart. And it, and it is, it is a, an assignment from God. And some folks are just, they're serving, they're just going, well, just what I do. Uh-uh. That's ministry and service all woven together to, to bring hope to the Father that he would receive that inheritance, the inheritance of that uh, life as a believer before their time is up in the earth. What a challenge. What a challenge. So Jesus said, my, my uh, mission statement, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Here's another one that we could take to ourselves that Jesus said, The purpose in, in John chapter three, first John three in the latter part of verse eight, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, did you know every time you feed somebody who's hungry, you're destroying the works of the devil in their life? Every time you put a coat on somebody who's who's out there on the street that's cold, you're, you're destroying the works of the devil in, your, in their life and you're sowing a seed that gives opportunity to have a conversation about the good things of God. Every time you do those simple things that we do that we think nothing about. Somebody was telling me the other day about a situation where they were in uh, the drive through at, I don't know, Starbucks or McDonald's or something and the car ahead of them paid their bill. So they got up there and, and they, the, the person at the cash register said, it's already paid, that car ahead of you paid it. And they're like, well, praise the Lord. How sweet is that? Well, how much is the bill of the car behind me? Let me pay that one. Do you know how that kind of joy and expression, just tell them, just tell them that car in front of you said, Jesus loves you and they paid your bill. Sometimes, listen church, I believe with all of my heart, I passionately believe that we make serving God so much more difficult than it has to be. We make sharing the word of the Lord, prophesying and, 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 and preaching, and, and we start thinking it's all about that. And, and in reality, if you're not preaching with your life, your words don't matter. God has called us to be a people of service. And I want to challenge you guys, the, the, the word of the Lord this morning and the expression that's been given to this, this challenge of serving God in, in practical ways and, and just looking around us and assessing our life. I really believe that if we would do personal assessment, where am I serving? And, and, and if, pastor were, if I were to have a conversation with pastor about what my ministry is, what, what the deposit of the gifts of God that are in me, what they are, what, how would I articulate that? Did you know that encouragement is by the Spirit? 
There are people that are in the body of Christ just to be <laughs> encouragers. That they just come in and they bring joy to the house of the Lord. They just come in and they bring laughter. They come in and next thing you know, maybe you had pressure on your mind about what you're going through this week and next thing you know there's a little bit of gentle jesting going on and some encouraging going on and you walk away and you think man I haven't laughed all week long till I got around that brother that's full of joy and he began to bring the joy of the Lord into my heart that strengthens me Joe's that way get with Joe he'll tell you a joke <laughs> he will have you laughing stands that way Stan will laugh and laugh and laugh until you're just like, what's he laughing about? If Stan can laugh after all, with, with the way he, all that he goes through, I can certainly laugh. Encouragers in the body of Christ, strengthening one another. So Jesus said, I just came to destroy the works of the devil. What if we took that as an assignment for our life, and we started looking in the lives of individuals where we see the works of the devil at, at work in their life, where we see the challenges. The, how, do you, how do you identify the works of the devil? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So when you see someone and their life is in places of destruction, their life, it, it seems like that every time they start moving forward, their dream just gets shattered every time they get a couple steps forward they take three steps back and and it just seems like they're constantly in start over mode y'all know those people can you find a way to simply begin to destroy the works of the devil in their circumstance in their situation that might be through a word of encouragement that might be through the giving of a gift that might be through uh, doing something kind for them There's a gentleman in my neighborhood I haven't discovered yet if he knows anything about God, but I'm going to discover it. He came to the house. He's, he's very taken with Jesse. He was a coach before he retired. Basketball coach. So every time the kids are out shooting hoops, he's showing them how to do it right. So he brings goodies over when he says I got somebody gave me this chocolate I can't eat it so here Jesse have chocolate and he's part of a country club and he took us all to brunch at the country club for for breakfast with Santa you think our breakfast with Santa was something that was something <laughs> that was brunch with Santa there was I, I've never been anything like quite like that oh my boys got picture my girls got picture with Santa and and then we all took a picture with this gentleman we, I, I gathered the kids around him. We took a picture and we put that picture and a plate of cookies and a Christmas card and sent it over to him. Just said thank you. We just want to let you know that we appreciate your. Uh, and I told him I appreciate you being kind to my children. Somebody be kind. If you're being kind to my kids, you're being kind to me. And if you're being mean to my kids, you're being mean to me. I'm just helping you with that right now, right? So we just begin to respond. He actually took the first step. He's, he's not the believer. We are, but. We just begin to respond to that kindness. And we're looking for opportunities to be kind to him. And one day I'll have a conversation with him as those kindnesses are exchanged about whether or not he has any understanding of the things of the Lord. I'll share Jesus with him. It'll happen. 
but it comes just out of expressing love. Express it first before you preach it. Express it first before you say it. Show it before you say it. Show it before you say it. But what if we just decided, I'm going to take my time, I'm going to assess the lies around me, and I'm going to start destroying the works of the devil. I'm going to start shattering some places where the kingdom of darkness has strongholds in the lives of people around me. Well, that might first be saying to your neighbor, can I mow your lawn for you? Did you know that neighbor might say, you know, nobody's ever done that for me before. That might be, you know, it's simple things to open the door to give expression. Some of y'all are working with some people that are really, really sad, and you're going to work every day, and you're thinking, I'm so tired of that grumpy old person coming to work every day and bringing their grump up in here. Your assignment is to take some joy into there, into that situation, and speak into that grumpy individual's life and bring the joy of the Lord. And then give expression to the kingdom of God. Very simple, very simple. So the kingdom of God does not ever come by you observing and waiting for something to happen. The kingdom of God comes by you participating with him in someone else's life.